You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. It has been a minute, but I decided to take my own advice and engage in some self-care, and I didn't do much of the show over the summer. I was really just home with the kids, um, you know, taking care of them, having a good time this summer, and um, it was really good. And uh, if you're back after the break, I'm so happy that you are. I've got a great episode to launch us into this next season of shows. And this week, I'm speaking with captivating children's book author and practical philosophy teacher, Jay Ado. He's joining us to explain his innovative approach to storytelling in, in doing it in a way that nurtures accountability and confidence in your children. Um, as a mom, I'm always looking for ways to improve um, my parenting style and, and just my overall knowledge as a parent. And this was an episode that really shifted, again, um, the way I think about things and the way I'm going to be doing things in a positive manner. And Jay talks about the profound impact of stories on our history, um, on how we grow up. And yet in so many of those stories, those Bible stories, um, there's an abundance of victimhood, self-blame, guilt, fear, uh, really, really these negative emotions. So through a conscious and compassionate lens, he's aiming to revolutionize these narratives um, by empowering this next generation to embrace responsibility, to own it, to be disciplined. And in doing that, you understand that you have the ability to forge your own unique path. Um, and so I think it's a great reminder to really be thinking about what you're thinking about. And then as a parent, be modeling that conscious behavior to your children. Because again, we all know they're not going to do what you say, they're going to do what you do. So I love, 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 love this conversation with Jay. Um, be sure to check him out. Um, all of his information's in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, as always, please share it out, leave us a review. And uh, again, I'm glad you're back. It's good to be back. Enjoy this episode with Jay Ado. Well, hello, Jay. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for having me, Liz. I'm looking forward to this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I always kind of know right away if I want to interview someone, if I want to share their work with my audience, because it's a very certain kind of person and you definitely fit that bill. But before we get into all of your work, would you mind giving us kind of a bird's eye view of the events, the major events in your life that led you to the work that you're doing now? Well, I suppose it starts with my childhood. I grew up in a religious household that uh, was very strict and it kind of led to uh, my adulthood questioning things and um, depression and anxiety and just kind of working through um, the just leaving, leaving that, that way of how I grew up and being okay with that. Uh, and then just going through my healing process of understanding um, what healing even meant. I, I actually, th uh, I was in a lot of pain. I was working construction. So I was, I had back pain and that led me to, um, to search for alternative ways of healing to which uh, I, that's when I realized I had like my big epiphany, I suppose my, my first big realization was that um, the physical pain stemmed from an emotional pain that I wasn't addressing. 
And so it stemmed from just uh, holding on to a lot of resentment and anger um, to which I learned to deal with and I learned to uh, really heal and acknowledge those things for what they were and take responsibility for a lot of things I was avoiding, uh, to which actually led to me, um, not right away, but a Several years later, it led to actual actually healing physically um, to led to a lot of uh, more understanding because I had a lot a lot of time where I didn't have to focus on the pain anymore. So now I had a lot of free time to uh, understand my purpose in life. And and then it led to being able to express my true thoughts in a way where um, it was receptive to my family, my friends. Um, so I think it, it stemmed from wanting to share something without offending. And so I hope that kind of sums it up. I'm not sure if you have yeah. any further questions. Yeah, it's interesting because it's almost like you had to have your own hero's journey. You know, you had to go through the wilderness to come back and be at a place of power and and health and and go through that healing as hard as it was but it was almost necessary and now i think through that through this work that you're doing you're bringing everyone else up with you is that right yeah thanks for seeing it that way i mean that's just i mean it's what i'm i've interviewed a lot of people and and that that typically is is what happens it's like you have to go through this dark night of the soul in order to get to a place where you can actually be of service to other people because if you don't then you don't even really have a foot to stand on you're just kind of regurgitating maybe what you heard growing up absolutely absolutely i have to ask though what were some of the alternative methods that you used to healing i think a lot of people are experiencing pain and they'd be interested to know yeah well um the, fir- the the main one that I did was kind of like a, a risky one where I went to the jungles of Peru and I did ayahuasca. Uh, so I did four ceremonies, which led to that was like the big the big epiphany where I was holding on to all this guilt and resentment um, to which led to me starting a like I had a, like a after that I had like a, a goal, a purpose, which was to return to that facility as a as a facilitator. Mm. Uh, so I kind of shifted my my work um to doing to figuring out online business uh so that I can go there and run a business while I was facilitating which I accomplished that's amazing I couldn't imagine doing four ceremonies in a row I've never done one ceremony but it's always been something on my bucket list to do because you hear all these stories of people having these amazing transformative moments and just realizing what was going on in their subconscious where they had no idea before. Was that what it happened for you? Did you have visions and, and did it all kind of make sense after it was done? Yeah. I mean, it was a process. I can't quite um, piece together what that process was, but it was, it was four ceremonies over nine days. And then then I went um, and then I went home and kind of, you know, they call it integrating and, um, starting meditating and like just these new habits that, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't doing before. Um, and then things just slowly started piecing together and clicking as far as like where things stem from and where things are going and my ability to change the direction of, uh, you know, from this moment, if I don't like where things are going, I can change it, uh, based on what I do right now. Yeah. So I just started piecing that together for myself. 
And then how long from that experience did the physical pain actually dissipate? I would say maybe three years. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And no surgery or anything like that? No, but but I was told that I needed surgery. I had a... Of course. a ruptured disc is what I, what was wrong with me, uh, according to um, an exam that I had. Wow, good for you! That's so empowering. I love it. Just having stories like yours out there in the world, like it's like it gives this people it gives people hope. You know, it gives people another way to approach something. You don't always have to follow what the masses do. There are other miracles out there. Um, okay, so we don't have a ton of time, so I want to transition to the meat yeah. of this of this interview and talk about your work, Conscious Bible Stories. Now, where did this idea come from? Why did you want to take this on and and put this out into the world? Yeah, well, I always felt that there was something off about these stories, you know, like the Cain and Abel story, the Adam and Eve story. And I guess it's been maybe two years now where I started writing these books in this, in the form of, from from the perspective of what we would want these stories to be um, from a triumphant point of view, as opposed to a victim point of view. Uh, and so, you know, the Cain and Abel story, like Abel becomes, you know, our hero, Abel is, it becomes the victim. He just dies. So I feel like a part of us died with him. And that story repeats on a loop throughout history. And, and then if you look out into the world, you know, I, I noticed that, we're just all Cain. We're all just resentful and angry and vengeful and just not taking responsibility for our actions. Um, And then, so I wanted to write this story in a way where um, when Cain goes to attack Abel to kill him, uh, Abel sees that attack coming because he's disciplined and composed within himself. And so he's able to subdue Cain and sort of put him in his place, but he doesn't retaliate. He doesn't try to kill him back. Uh, which is which is the most powerful part of the story, I feel, because he breaks the spell. He breaks the the, um, the program uh, by clearing up the misunderstanding. And so Cain and Abel are then able to have a dialogue, which leads to which leads to Cain realizing his the misunderstanding within himself. You see, he didn't he didn't know who God was, so he didn't know why he would give the best of himself to someone he doesn't know. Uh, in, in the case of like, when he's supposed to offer a sacrifice. Uh, and so he gives, he gives just like his, uh, he's a farmer. So he gives just subpar vegetation, uh, and he saves the best for himself and his family, which is the discussion him and Cable are having. And Abel points it out. Well, you did give your best to God because that's what God is. It's yourself and everything around you. And so, you know, Cain has this realization where, you know, he, 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 he sees the error of his ways in that moment and he apologizes. He takes responsibility. He, he, he begs for his brother's forgiveness, but Abel had already forgiven him uh, because that's why he, in, instead of retaliating, um, he cleared up the misunderstanding. And so in my story, they go on, you know, as brothers, uh, they, you know, they leave home and they go off into the unknown, which is a, a, a big part of the hero's journey. They go off into the unknown and they, and they create a great, a great story. Uh, you know, it just ch- kind of shifted the direction of humanity, at least for myself. I, you know, just thinking of that story made me feel 
very at peace right. and, and which made me want to write it out and share it. I love that. I love that. And, and do you feel like certain stories resonate with parents and kids more than others? I mean, what stories, especially in the days that we're living in now, do you think really hit home or do they all kind of resonate? Cause we all kind of need this. You know, I think different stories resonate with different personalities. Uh, I believe that these these biblical stories are impregnated into our system to where you don't even really need to hear the story. You just see how people act in real time. And we're acting out these stories in real time. That's how I feel. Uh, and And I feel like I feel the only thing that sort of makes us human is the fact that we can create stories and we can buy and sell stories. Uh, we can pick them up and run off with them as if they were true. And the only thing that makes any of the stories true is the fact that we bought into it and with our actions, with our belief system. Uh, realizing that for myself was very empowering because I realized that I can believe anything I want as long as I have to, I just have to find the evidence to support my belief. Um, and that's a very empowering thought for myself. And I think it's very empowering for, for those around me too, my friends, my friends, kids. Um, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to see where this, where this goes. Yeah. I mean, it's almost, again, like putting the responsibility of one's life in their own hands. And with that comes a lot of work and a lot of discipline. And I think for the majority of people, you know, we're so used to just having everything fed to us, you know, how to think, how to act, what we should do. So many people are on like an automatic program. Um, and so it's difficult, but I find that, you know, especially if you can teach this to your kids early and then model that behavior, it's so much easier because it's so much harder for any kind of adult to be like, okay, I'm not going to play a victim anymore. I'm going to take responsibility for my life when the programming and the grooves in the brain are just so deep at that point. Absolutely. I think the the hardest part isn't the actual hard work. Uh, it's breaking yourself out of the old patterns of behavior to adopt that a new way of work. Um, but the hard work is actually, you know, once you build a discipline around it and you're convinced of what you're doing, it's actually quite simple. You know, it's not easy. It still takes a lot of conscious effort, uh, but, but it's simple. It's, you just have to do it. Yeah. And let's talk about conscious parenting and conscious living. Why was that such a fundamental pillar in the work that you do in the stories that you're telling? It's like, being present, being really aware of what's going on right here and right now, how does one even start to do that without calling it out? You know, like they're listening to this show, they're starting to understand, but what's what's something that they can do to become more conscious and to be more conscious parents? Well, I'll start by sharing, I'm not a parent myself, um, but I am a child of parents. Um, and like I started out saying, I was, when I started my healing process, I was holding on to a lot of resentment toward my parents, uh, because I felt like perhaps they tricked me or something like that. Um, but it was actually a misunderstanding within myself. They were actually doing their very best. Um, and I was perhaps being too hard on them. And so what I did was I shifted, I shifted my thinking into empowering them. Uh, 
Um, and so I gave them the credit that they never got, you know, cause they were, it wasn't me being hard on them. They're actually harder on themselves mm-hmm. because, you know, they, they, you know, they, they felt like they, they lost me or like they weren't good enough. And so I found this out by talking to them and then by assuring them that they very, that they did do their very best and uh, to never think otherwise. And so by shifting the relationship I had with my own parents, I realized that that's where it all stems from. You know, if I could do it from this point of view, I can definitely do it from the parents' point of view. It's, it'll be much simpler to program, um, you know, an innocent child to empower him from the very beginning. It starts with with the parents. Um, and it's not just the stories you share, but it's the story you live out. Um, you know, your, your kids aren't going to really do what you tell them to do. They're going to do what you do. Yes. Uh, and so the conscious effort stems from wanting to be that um, guiding light. You know, you, you want them to be great. You have to be great. You, you have to be that role model for them. Um, and that includes being honest about your, your mistakes, owning up to what, what you're working on. You can tell them that you failed. You can tell them that you tried something and you failed. Um, and they're going to see you get up and try again until, until you succeed. Uh, and then, so at some point your, 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 your kids will realize why you're so successful. They're going to realize that it's because it was, it was built on a mountain of failure, uh, and owning up to that because there's so many things to own up to, you know, it's, 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 it's quite simple to, to point these things out. You just have to be honest with yourself and be honest with your kids and want to be that, that light. Uh, and, and your kids are going to pick up with on the subtleties for sure. I fully believe that. And, and I think a lot of parents tuning into this will think, well, my kid doesn't really listen to me. They're on YouTube. They're with their friends. They're absorbed in their phone. They're not really, you know, watching everything that I'm doing and listening to everything that I'm saying, but I have found that to not be true at all. Like my son's he's uh, 11, my oldest son, he'll say something that I said months ago and in a situation and he'll bring it up and it's, it's like it would happen yesterday. And so I know on a visceral level that they are listening and watching everything that we're doing. And so that motivates me to bring my best to the situation. And if I mess up, which I will to admit that. And so I love hearing that from you. What do you do in your day that kind of sets the tone that kind of preps you to have this kind of mindset? Because I love, I love talking about this. I love like theorizing about this, but then it's like, okay, when the rubber meets the road and you're in a stressful situation, you know, you don't always act the best way. So how can you prep yourself so that you are bringing your best self to the day to your kids? Well, I mean, to your point, I put myself in stressful situations on purpose with like exercising, lifting up heavy things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so just, I start my day off by, by doing something rigorous, difficult, um, uh, cold showers or meditation. And, you know, it doesn't, it really doesn't take that, that long. I wake up early, which is difficult in, on its own. So you start off the day just by doing these simple, but difficult things. Uh, and you know, eat the best that I can rest because obviously if you're, if you're hungry, if you're tired, you're not going to be able to make the best decisions. 
Um, so if you, if you give yourself, you know, a, a foundation, um, to succeed off of, you will succeed. You just have to make that conscious effort first thing in the morning, because why first thing in the morning is because when you, it's when you become conscious, you, you were unconscious and you literally became conscious. And now you have to take some conscious steps rather than like, you know, stumbling through your day or a cup of coffee and just like, you know, because that's what the program says to do, you know, it's just mundane. Uh, but if you make an effort, uh, you will be able to make better choices when those stressful situations inevitably arise. Yeah. And it sounds to me like discipline is really at the forefront of your, of your healing journey, of your self-awareness of, of conscious Bible stories, all of that. I mean, you had to be disciplined in order to produce this and to create a life that you enjoyed living and doing the things that you wanted to live. How can we all become more disciplined aside from getting up early and, and knocking that out that workout at the beginning of the day? Is it any other advice that you want to leave with the listener? Sure. I mean, look, I'm a pretty weird guy. I do have the mantras. I do, I do lots of stuff. Um, but I think to your point to the discipline is realizing that you're already disciplined. Perhaps you're disciplined in poor behavior, but it, that's discipline within itself. Hmm. And so if you can just shift um, the direction of the, of the discipline you shift everything else. And it, discipline just means you're doing something consistently, no matter what. Uh, and so, you know, if, if you're staying up late and waking up late and, you know, drinking and, you know, just fall, falling into the program, that's discipline too. Mm. Uh, so it's just acknowledging the things that you do like that you do and the things that you don't like and just making that conscious effort. It really becomes that like nobody else is going to do it for you. Nobody else is going to point it out for you. You're the only one that can do it. Uh, and I think that's the, that's what kids notice the most. You know, it, it's, it's very empowering that you can do this for yourself and it's very empowering that nobody else can do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. It is like a double-edged sword. It's like, Oh, I don't want to have to take control of my life. But at the same time, it's like, I can take control of my life and I can make it a really beautiful experience, you know, with all of the storms that come inevitably. I love that. Yeah. And that's what makes a great story. Mm, how important is storytelling in our lives? Is it everything? I think so. I think it's the only thing that, that separates us from the animals is our ability to tell stories uh, and, and buy into those stories and, and take them into any direction. If you notice any, any obstacle that comes our way, we can look at it from a couple of different perspectives. We can look at it, you know, from, from the point of view of like, oh man, not again. This is, this always happens to me. It's like that inner dialogue, right? Or, oh, this is an opportunity for me to learn and grow. I understand the mistakes that I made. And because of these mistakes, now I won't make those mistakes again. And this is the dialogue also. Uh, the great thing about it is that it's not one or the other. You can look, you can take a moment for yourself and look at the stories available to you and then make a conscious choice, which is the, I make my choices based, not based on, you know, which, whichever story comes to me first, I make my choices based on which story is most empowering for the direction of I want to go. So if I have a goal, if I have something that I'm, I'm striving for, which story is going to get me there and which story is going to get me away from there. 
And then I make my choice. What do you say to people who are like, well, that's just living in a delusional manner. That's not real life. You're, you're, you know, you're checked out of reality. What do you say to them? Yeah, I would say it, it could be a delusion within myself. Perhaps I'm living out a delusion, but it's, it's my story and I will live whichever story I choose for me. As long as I'm not hurting you, what, what do you care what I believe? Yeah, I love that. I love that. It's, it's that reframing that changes everything. And I'm learning that more and more. The older I get, it's like, oh, okay. It really didn't have to be so horrible. Or was that moment in my life terrible? Or, you know, could I change the story now? And, and the people that I've talked to, you can actually go back and change stories that you used to tell yourself about childhood or about an event that happened in middle school or whatever. And it can actually provide healing in your body now in the present. Absolutely. That's beautiful. That's like, that's alchemy. It sure is, Liz. Awesome. Um, were any of the stories, did you find any friction in rewriting any of the the Bible stories? You know, I, st- I, I think I'm still pretty early on on this journey, but the truth is that so far they've been very well received. Anybody that gives me an opportunity to share why I did this um, understands where I'm coming from. Uh, the only thing I can think of right now, as far as resistance, like a, a review, I had a one-star review on my Amazon listing, you know, somebody just disagreed with, with the message. I was actually expecting a lot more, yeah. a lot more backlash, but the truth is like, I've been, it's been very well received. Um, you know, I'm, I'm quite surprised like how, how loving and understanding people are. Uh, and, and like I said, if once people give me an opportunity to, express where I'm coming from with this, even my own parents, who's, it goes, it con- it's a conflict with their own belief system. They understand where I'm coming from. They, mm-hmm. they love me, you know, they, they love me because, um, because I'm doing something difficult and I'm, and I'm, and I'm sharing it with them. And, you know, in, the, in their old age, I, you know, I still want to share things with them. I still want to clear up the misunderstanding. That's very valuable. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I think that that's beautiful. Jay, we are almost to the end of time here. Um, do you have anything, anything about your work, anything about your life, just your general message that you want to leave with the listener today? You know, I think I think you did a really great job of, of asking questions that that pulled pulled it out of me. Um, you know, I I feel like I've I've done a really great job writing these stories. Right now, the Cain and Abel story is available. The Adam and Eve story retold they're they're available on on amazon um you know you can search for conscious bible stories support my work if you if you like my message what i'm what i'm trying to do i'm actually quite you know an introverted person so expressing my thoughts and ideas is is a is a challenge for me but i'm I'm working on it i'm getting better at it um so yeah any any suggestions that that you may have for me you can reach out um i'm on instagram and go. what is what is your Instagram? It's uh at Conscious Bible Stories. Beautiful, beautiful. Jay, thank you so much for the conversation, for the insights. And um, I don't know, I feel extra motivated after speaking with you. So thank you for that. And uh yeah, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. My pleasure, Liz. Thank you for having me.